principle. There's a general principle in the Navi, which we see many times, and that is how Magalgalin and A person who does something good, it becomes the source of extra merit, extra mitzvahs, it works in something which saves Klaish later on down the line, even though that's not what the person intended. And the same thing the other way around, a person does Navera of a limited nature, but once he's already been Nirshal and Navera, that then becomes the source of a bigger, much bigger Nirshal than the person ever had in mind. And uh, that's an example, here's an example of that. That we have uh, something which began as a private endeavor of Micha, which was wrong. And we're going to, in that stage, it was something which was within his own home. Um, maybe he visits us to his house. Not more than that, but it's going to become, uh, even not through Micha's doing, but it's going to become the source of a major Mitchell in Klai Yisrael. But since uh, the one who instigated it, who began the process was Micha, he's held responsible for everything which happens later. Okay, so therefore, let's see what happens. As a result of Pesel Micha, uh, the Mephoshim said in the Pasuk and Alks is Pasha. Ben Yeshmechem, Ish, or Isha, or Mishpach, or Yeshevet, or Shedavov, sorry, Mehemen Shemrakecha, Lechas Lavad, or Kim Acherim. So Chazal say, the Ish is a Micha. Or Isha, that was Micha's mother, who was the one who originally dedicated the Pesel. Or Mishpach was then Micha's extended family, who we saw brought into it. Or Yeshevet was Shevet Don, which we're going to see where the ones eventually landed up being Nichshal in the Pesel Micha. Which Pesel? We're holding a very good Ches Pesel Aleph, which is good Ches. In those days there was no king. Again, we said this before, we repeat it again, and that was that even though people were aware of the fact that Michael Pesel, no one felt obligated to deal with it, no one felt that they were Achroi, and therefore it was allowed to remain. And that was something as a, it was a state of Israel's character. That there was a very desire in their midst, and no one did anything about it, because no one felt responsible to it, and therefore it became something which uh, became a much bigger mitzvah than would have necessarily been otherwise. Okay. That was the time period where Shevet Don was looking for a bigger nachal, a bigger land to inherit. And now, what this pasuk means is very strange. The simple reading of the pasuk would be that until that day they hadn't gotten an nachal. Which is strange because Yeshua gave Shevet an Nachlak, he gave all the Shevet an Nachlak. So we can't say that Shevet an wouldn't give an Nachlak, why should they be different to anyone else? But what we mean is that they didn't get an Nachlak which was big enough for them. And therefore, even though they didn't get an Nachlak, and we know the Nachlak is the central part of Eretz Yisrael, today is called Gushtan, that was the part which was given to Dan. But nevertheless, Dan was the second biggest Shevet, and they felt there wasn't enough land for all of them. And therefore, Rashi brings us as a riot to his chat that the story of Micha happened right after Yosha. That was the time period when Shevet Don were going to look for different territory because right from the beginning, the, the, the territory which they were allotted, they felt wasn't big enough for them. Okay? So we saw at the beginning of Shevetim that Shevet Don went to the northern border of Eretz Israel, to, and that's where they conquered a, a city called Luz. And then they next that city and it's environed as part of the Anachala. And then they called it Dan and in far north of Eretz Israel, I'll say Danadin. This was the beginning of Ashikim. We told us the story of of, of Shavid Dan and where they went to find more lands. 
you were patient, you would have the most expensive territory in the world. Yeah, but it wasn't big enough. And that's the really question we need to discuss. And that is, in the home, the Nachala was tailor made for each other. And if that's the case, why was Don given proportionally such a small chalik of land on the one hand, even though there was a tradition? There's two shetas in explaining how the nachal works and how it could be that some shkotim felt that they had to have enough nachal. The one is that, just like we learned in the Gemara, there's a sogius of idis and ziburis, which means ground which is more valuable or ground which is less valuable. And therefore the equation is going to be that a much larger piece of land, which is less fertile, will be similar to a much smaller piece of land, which is more fertile. And if that's the case, we know that the central region of Israel is a much more fertile area than the Negev Desert in the south, for example. And therefore it's true, you could have got a huge territory of the south, but a lot of it was uninhabitable. It was in the desert. Whereas the fertile part of Israel was the middle part of Israel, uh, which was in Akhrab Dan or Ephraim and Asher. And therefore, those places even got a much smaller piece of land because it was a much more valuable piece of land. So that's where the Nachala worked, and there wasn't anything unfair. And that is that there was enough Nachala given for, for each person, just because of the because it was more valuable property, so to speak. And uh, as I got said before, uh, even then, it was more valuable as property, it was more, you could calculate it better, each one got a much smaller piece of land. If that's the case, the, the, the complaint was that they wanted more land well, not because they didn't have anything but because they were satisfied it wasn't that they got something less valuable than any other shaykh the other approach was that we saw there was a disagreement between the in the commissioner in Baba Basra and that is how did the land get allocated was it based on the amount of people coming to Israel or was it based on the amount of people left in Israel and if that's the case it was based on the amount of people left in Israel then the shaykh which grew more exponentially in the desert would each have less land because uh, the amount of land that they got was based on the amount of people that they could and therefore Shvatim, which grew much more in the Midbar, would land up with much less land. And therefore, it uh, could happen that uh, Shavu Yosef or Khan or whatever it was, who grew a lot in the Midbar, he might have had less land than the others. Why did Hashem do it that way? That's the case, we have to say, that when, just like Yeshua told Shavu Yosef to find themselves more ground and conquer it, or the same thing here, Shavu Yosef to find themselves more property, and we don't find that that wasn't something which was wrong that they did. So then we have to say that that was uh, with at least with the agreement of of Kadosh Baruch Hu, whoever the the Gadol was at the time, was sure that the time was near, and then that they were allowed to take extra. Why was it not given to them originally the Nachala? However, the land they took was also from one of the Shevet Amami, like we're going to see. So why wasn't it given to them originally the Nachala? Like we saw, by Yosef, whatever it is, that there were certain Shvatim which deserved to be split. Now, so we'll see a bit more about that, and we'll listen to the context. So what happened? Rashi says that the Taka did. also that the story happened at the time of Asnil, which is the time of Pesach Mecha, and it's Rosh Hashitase. Right, but the other Rishonim will say that the story, the whole story of Shavit Don only happened later, in which case we don't have a question. Because if, if, if Don only went to look for more land 300 years later on, okay, then we understand. There was nothing wrong with the original Chaluk. It was not later on that they had a complaint. We're going to see another allusion to the story of Asnil Ben Knaz's involvement in the Pius okay? But in the meantime, we, we told the story of having Shavit Don without being told whether historically when it happened. Like we saw the two opinions. And therefore it says, Don sent from the families five people. Anashim b'nei chayel, 
Mitzara Mi'ashtal, Laragal Sa'arit Zerachaka. They sent people to go and uh, spy out more land and see what they, where they'd be able to conquer. Again, Eshtal and Sarah were the same cities that Shimshon was from, whereas the cities of Dan. There were five families in Dan, and therefore they sent five people. There was one representative from each of the, of the various family clans, so to speak, within Shevardan. Okay, so then, Laragal Sa'arit Zerachaka. The land of Kamit Ephraim is part of the journey, and they sleep there. Again, Mechav is a big Machis Archim, and therefore, like any other parts of Bahar Ephraim, they stay in Mechav's house. So, Hemi and Bes Mechav, Hemi and Kiris call a Nara Levi. While they were staying in Mechav's house, they only came there for lodging and nothing else, but they recognized uh, the voice of the Nara Levi who we said before, Mechav brought him to be the coin of the Zara. So who was the grandson of Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore when they got they recognized the person, they guess what he's doing. What are you doing here? What brought you here? And even though the pasuk seems extremely repetitive, he said the same thing three times. Chazal Darish says that Shevet Don gave him Musa, and they said that when it says by Moshe at the very beginning, when he saw the Mara Nevoah of the, the Shnei, which was Barab Ha'esh, so Hashem's Lashem was out to Karab Halak. And that was the first time Moshe was saw Nevoah, and therefore they were telling him that what brought you from your grandfather's level of being told at the beginning that you had Barab Halak into this level of Nevoah, and they said, so they were desired. Halak means to hear. And so anyway, it says, Umalech Hapoi, and Umalech Ha'osu Vizeh, it's referring to the same thing, that the Zeh, the Chazal say, is where Hashem told Moshe at the same time of the burning bush, said, Mazer biyotcha. What's, what's the Zeh in your hand? What do you hold in your hand? That you said, it's a matter. And the other said, matter is the Zeh. What do you want to do with the Nebuah of Mazer biyotcha, which Hashem told Moshe? And last, from Malach Hukot, which is, Rashi explains here, that it's the same Lashem, which Hashem said, the same Lashem as Lashem Peh, which is Hashem's third Nebuah to Moshe, the same thing as the burning bush, he said, the Musam Pelodom. And therefore, the Musa to Moshe's grandson is, what happened to you? How have you gone so far from the level of Moshe being your grandfather that you've now come to a stage where you're acting as a, as a priest for a Was he supposed to have these very cryptic messages that they were giving you? Uh, possibly, yes, because you have a simple path in the fire. Right. Right. right, it's probably an indirect of giving Musa. And uh, we went and picked up the message. So it's a very strange answer you get. If the the question they asked was what brought the Zara, he said, Look how much uh, look how good Mikha was to me. Gave him lodging, gave him food, and he gave him money, whatever it was it was. And so what did it meant to be an answer for? So here's one of the places the Gemara learns what we said last time, and that is the Nara wasn't really trying to be a kind of a desire. But what he misunderstood was Moshe's instruction, and that it's better that a person does an avoda which is lorele, which is strange for him, which is the meaning for him, rather than be a random stalker. And what he said was, I've never pronounced it, was often pronounced And if I understood, I was allowed to do something which I don't feel is the right thing to do in order to make a pronounce Which obviously is wrong, it's not the Moshe Rabbeinu meant. But uh, nevertheless, what we saw was a certain Milikimekim Mida that Moshe saved Mechel, that Moshe's own grandson should be Nechshal with him. But that's what his answer was. So, now, was, now here you see a complete turnaround. On the one hand, Shevet Don were the ones who started off by giving him Musa. 
like why are you serving a Vedizar? But now bad themselves have been uh, seduced, and therefore they said to him, Shalom Berim, already. So then do some of it is for us. Find out if uh, we're going to be successful in finding a new property that we're looking to find. And uh, one, it's very strange. But what happened so fast? That uh, on the one hand they were like giving him Musa, why some of Zara? Oh well, that's the case. You know, do it for us too. Uh, people weren't that weak in their emotion. So what happened over here? So this is part of what we spoke of before. Now time to talk about it. The general confusion surrounding Pesach Because, and here we have to explain something. And this is something which we find the whole way through with Micha. And that is that there's two kinds of Avodah If you remember, we spent last, spoke last time about the Chazal, that said Micha was over on the Lech Hashem Lekecha, Yerachim was over on the Yer Lechayim 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 There's two kinds of Avodah There's one kind of Avodah where a person believes in some other source of power besides Hashem. And therefore they're going to worship something else because they assume that that thing has absolute power and that thing can answer their twitters or provide their requests or protect them wherever it's going to be. That's absolute mm-hmm. Avedizara. And that's what the Apostle says, you shouldn't have any other Himacherim besides Hashem, which means any other thing that you ascribe power to or that you feel can help you or can do anything for you. And therefore, Dr. Ramban writes on that Apostle, he says that wasn't the original mistake of Avedizara. That was a much later stage. When people ascribed real power to other forces besides Hashem, and uh, that that desire which the person does is high misophore, and uh, that's for sure the the, the depth of a desire from that. But there was another form of a desire too, and that is exactly what happened. What Rabban himself explains in the Egerazah, and that is it's not meant to replace Hashem. The the owner of a desire or the person who's worshiping with this thing knows Hashem is in control and knows everything comes from him. So then, what's the Avodah The Avodah is meant to be an interim in order to get some information. And if, instead of ascribing power to something else and thinking that's all powerful, that can give me what he want, well, give a person what he wants, which is an Avodah which is a Kfir of Hashem, yet it wasn't coming from the point of Kfir. It was coming to the point of using something as the intermediary, so to speak, to relate to Hashem. And the Torah forbid that. Except here there'd be a place where a person could think potentially that this isn't so awesome. They're not they're not relieving in something else, they're not giving power to something else. Really they're believing in Hashem. But that's like the Eglazov. The Ban said the same thing over there. The Eglazov wasn't meant to represent Hashem, replace Hashem. The Eglazov was meant to replace Moshe. Originally saw Moshe as the interim between him and Hashem, because Moshe ish, we don't know what happened to him, and therefore let's replace Moshe as the intermediary. Now the Torah said that's also awesome. The Torah also says that's also was not allowed to make some kind of intermediary between them and Hashem. The person meant to approach Hashem directly. But if a person does, then it's the Avera of, uh, so to speak, not approaching Hashem directly, rather than the Avera of Avedizar. Where is that mitzvah or to approach Hashem directly, not work through some other agent? So he uh, explains that's the first of the difference. Which means Hashem is introducing himself, himself to us in the first person, I am Hashem, and therefore come to me directly. It's not like I'm only approaching you through something else, and therefore the only means to Hashem is through something else. On the contrary, Hashem wants us to turn to Him Himself. And uh, the, uh, the Rabbi writes more than that, and says that's where Avodah began from. People thought Hashem is so great and I'm so small, how can I dare have the chutzpah to approach Hashem directly? I would rather use something else as my intermediary. And that's wrong. Hashem wants us to approach Him directly, directly even if we're much, on a much lower level, even if we aren't really deserving of that, but that's, where, that's the Arimun. 
And therefore, the mistake then is not denying Hashem. It's rather, uh, it's rather a mistake in the way that a person approaches Hashem. Now, we saw according to the Chazal, which works in the Rashi's chat, that Micha already began his career in the Midbar. He was the one who fashioned the Egerazot. Even the iron through the gold of Sophia. It says by Yetzirah that he wasn't involved in crafting it into a cock. That was Micha's job. And if that's the case, then going to Rabban's explanation, Micha's intention wasn't to replace Hashem. Micha's intention was to make some kind of intermediary to relate to Hashem. And if that's the case, Micha hasn't learned his lesson. He does the same thing again. Which means the Pesel is meant to be an intermediary to relate to Hashem, not a new God. Not a new God. And therefore we saw the beginning that the money which his mother was makdish to Hashem, she used to make a Pesel. She wasn't trying to contradict Hashem. She was trying to use this as a way to approach Hashem. And therefore we see that the, the grandson of Moshe who was involved wasn't worshipping an idol. It was, he was doing, what he was doing was wrong. But he justified that he's doing this as a way to approach Hashem. Why was it Michal killed then? By the Chaitagal. That's a very good question. He definitely deserved to be killed by Chaitagal. Just like Hashem said, he deserved to be killed in the tribe. Okay, then Hashem was trying to show Moshe a lesson with him. If that's the case, the lesson wasn't as complete. And then, in other words, Moshe complained to Hashem, like we saw, that why are letting Jewish kids get bricked into the walls of Israel? It's an inhumane cruelty which they don't deserve. And Hashem's answer to him was, if I let them grow, it'll be Rishon. And Moshe didn't accept that, so Hashem said, take one, you'll see. And he took Micha at the wall, like we saw, and that Micha was vulnerable to Eglazov, that Micha was vulnerable to Pesach, according to the Midrash. And that's the case, even though Micha the Chor should have been Chayav Nisim of Eglazov already, but Hashem kept him on to show, to show how right he was, so to speak. Okay, so that's the case. So then it's, un, it's more understood how people would fall into the, the, this Pesel Micha because they didn't see it as never desire. They saw it as an alternative way of approaching Hashem, which again doesn't mean it's Mutter, but at least it explains at some level why people would make the mistake. It wasn't like a kid of day, a trained religion suddenly in the middle of nowhere. What are we doing when we dive in by Kibbutz Sadiqim? 100%. That is like Kibbutz Sadiqim by Lab Sadiqim as well. The voice can bring down that person to be careful not to make exactly the same mistake. Which means if a person feels, I can't approach Hashem, I have to go to either a Kibbutz Sadiq or I have to go to a living rebel or whatever it's going to be because they can dive in and not me. And the person is repeating the same mistake. He's making it that his Kiru HaKadosh Baruch can only be, be approached via an intermediary, not directly. Which is just a, a more modern, updated example of the Ekrezov. And therefore, it's true. When a person goes to a Kevin of Italy, what he's asking him to do, and if you look at any of the Nuskhas of the Tefillity which has been enacted to say the Kevin of the Nuskha always is, please daven for me also. Not awesome. instead of me, but also come daven for me as well. Which because we asked them to be a male Joshua. Which yeah. means, yes. But that's an intermediary still. No, not in place of us. We davening to Hashem, mm-hmm. at the same time we ask them to daven with us. So now we both going to daven. And that's what we mean when we say Mela Just Yosher. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not replacing us. It's about the Gary Rebbe that everybody, any time someone came to ask him for a bracha for a twitter, as Rebbe, that's what they're busy with a lot of the time. So his standard answer was, he said, I'll daven for you, I'll conditionally daven for yourself. <coughs> and then he's worried about this, you said. And then people would rely on him to daven in place of themselves, in which case it's also. And therefore, I'm happy to daven for you also, but that doesn't patter you from davening yourself. You also have to that. Okay, so that, uh, if that would be the case, then you understand a bit better um, why B'nai Don would, uh, would now ask him for advice. You see, he also mentions Hashem. Um, 
and that is what he said is you should be successful in front of Hashem. You prepared the way you're going to travel. So you'd give up case for sure. And therefore, is the therefore best of said before. It wasn't a different deity that occurred. The vessel was just, so to speak, a wrong way of approaching Hashem. But didn't, he wasn't not a mammy. And therefore, he, he said to him, Hashem will look after you. Rashi explains it a little bit differently. And Rashi explained that he knew that he was that Abu uh, wasn't real. And therefore, he said, forget about Abu Hashem should look after you. And it's not that Abu would somehow be doing something for Hashem. He said that, that he, he said, I know I'm doing this as a job, but I don't really believe in it. It's uh, Hashem should look after you. But they, they asked him, Sha'al no Be'elakim. Right. So that's he, didn't really, he didn't really say that. Okay, I asked Hashem, and sort of like the Urban Batumim. Is that what they wanted? They wanted the Trophim. We saw before that Mishpah also made a Trophim. Trophim is the... the trophim is some way of telling the future through an Easter meal oh. of divination. And they didn't do that. He just came to the Bracha, then Hashem will look Oh. And, but like I said, even the Trophim isn't of a desire. It's also like someone else's parasha because of Tomim Tiyam Hashem Rekecha. And you don't ask for Oyev and you don't even try and find out the feature in any other way. But again, it's not a desire. There's still a difference between them. Okay, so that was, the, that was what they wanted. He didn't do that to them. He just gave them the bracha, Hashem to look after them. They were happy with that. And then they, then they left. And that's just tomorrow we'll see the continuation of the story um, of what happened next with Pesach Besides him not learning his 